three, two, one. Welcome back to the System and Soul podcast. I am your guest host, Jennifer Zick. I'm the CEO and founder of Authentic Brand. We are a community of fractional CMOs that works with growing businesses to help them overcome random acts of marketing and confidently take the next right step in their growth. We're big believers in the work that System and Soul does to help entrepreneurial businesses create processes and structure that help them grow while also honoring the soul of their organizations and what makes them unique and the people and the culture. Um, And in the work that we do as chief marketing officers, we know that really defining and honoring the soul of an organization is what sets up authentic connections, builds trust, and creates a lot of brand equity. So we just love the System and Soul uh, program, and I'm delighted to be here to create this mini-series on authentic growth. And today, I couldn't be more delighted to be joined by my good friend, Gary Braun of Pivotal Advisors. I would love to just turn the microphone over to you, Gary, and let you introduce yourself and your business briefly before we dive in on this concept of authentic growth through a sales operating system. All right. Well, it's hard to follow what you just said. That was really well stated. And and I would, I'm going to summarize what you just said by doing, we do that for sales, uh, all the things that you talked about. So uh, when companies get to a certain point in their growth, they kind of plateau and we help get that system in place and really help get the leader driving that system. So we call that a sales operating system, but, uh, We've worked with about, I don't know, a little over 330 different companies uh, in the 13 and a half years we've been around, helping them get that in place so they can start scaling and growing again. I love that. Thank you for sharing what your business does. Um, And I have a special affinity for how you work with your clients because our business models are so similar and very complementary between the sales and marketing and just the growth engine of a business. And you mentioned 330 some clients that you've had a chance to work with over the years. So you've seen a few things in entrepreneurial businesses and and you work primarily with B2B businesses who are founder led. They obviously sales is critical to the health and growth and success of these businesses. And yet so many growing businesses struggle to build, to grow and to scale healthy sales teams or to feel confident that they know what they're doing. So why do you think so many small growing businesses struggle with sales performance. Uh, a couple different reasons I can think of right away is um, going back to what I said a moment ago. The things that got you to a certain point in your growth are also the things that limit you from getting to that next point. So I look at we, when we go to a lot of these companies, um, they might have decent processes, but they're not written down there in people's heads. Um, they have a lot of people wear a lot of different hats and run around and do a lot of different things. You might be the person who helped put the marketing program together and then you sold it and then you delivered it. And maybe you're the customer service on the back end. That's not super scalable. I, I go in and I look at a lot of these companies and we, we talk to the top one or two salespeople in the organization and they've got an awesome system. They've got a good plan for how they're going to hit their number. They're really good in front of a client. They ask great questions. They know what to do, but it's all in their head. And then I try to bring somebody from the outside in and they don't know how to do that. And they try to learn by observing, but that's not the same thing. So there's nothing repeatable about that. So they get stuck and then they go and they fire sales leaders and they bring another sales leader hoping that they're going to help it. Or a lot of times the CEO is the sales leader 
and they didn't come from sales. So they have a hard time even directing them on how to get a system in place. So all of those things, like I said, you can do all the right things to a certain point and that can help you grow and you can be profitable. But at some point, if it's not repeatable, you have a hard time continuing to grow. Oh man, this is striking close to home right now, Gary. Because <laughs> I feel like you're speaking right to me. Um, I just hired my first head of sales. And until now, I've been the head of sales as the founder and CEO. And you're saying to me, the things that got you to where you've been aren't what gonna, they're not what's going to get you to where you need to go. And as a founder, I'm sure like many of your clients, it's like, I know that, but then like how to make those steps and make them stick and make it work. That's hard. Just today we were working on a lead together. And I'm saying to my new head of sales, like, I can tell you in my gut, I can feel in my gut, it's not a right fit, but I can't explain to you why it's not, which is why mm. we need process, right? We need a system for qualifying. That's not just Jen's gut, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about these entrepreneurial businesses and as they bring sales members into the team, manager and rep conversations and sales accountability. It's something we all want, of course, but where do most sales managers go wrong in their weekly check-ins or pipeline reviews with their reps? And then how can they change their approach to make those conversations more productive and help improve sales performance? Well, you've hit on one of the biggest things that we see when we go into these organizations, because we go, we look at you know, their strategy, we look at plans, we look at people, we look at process, we look at all this. But one of the biggest things is what you're just describing right now is I'll call it performance management. And what's missing is a sales leader who can hold people accountable, not to the deal, but accountable to the right level of activity, to being effective and following a process, to doing the right thing. So what typically happens is you're the, you're the sales leader and you sit down with your salesperson to do your one-on-one. -on -one. And I hope they're doing the one-on-ones because I think it's one of the most impactful things that they can do, but they get blown off a lot. But just say you did and you sat down and you had the one-on-one. -on -one. What typically happens is I sit down with you and I go, okay, Jen, what's going on with the Johnson account? You think that's going to come in? Tell you what, let's strategize in this account. And we talk about all the things you can do. And then I go, what's going on with the Jones account? And we, it's a simple deal review every time when we're going through the pipeline. That needs to happen. Those are important conversations but that's not accountability. What's really good is if I sat you down and said, all right, Jen, according to the plan that you put together, big implication there that you have a plan, but the plan that you put together says that you're supposed to be generating five new opportunities a month. Totally just made up that number, but according to your plan, that's five new opportunities a month. We've been averaging three, two to three for the last couple of months. So Jen, if we stay on this pace, you're going to have a hard time hitting your number. What do you think's going on? And we talk about what's going on and we, we see if there's solutions. Say, well, what do you need to do to get back on track? And I shut up and I wait for you to come up with ideas and we agree on your next plan of action. Now, next week when we come back, I go, did you do those things that you just talked about? And we get you making progress towards getting you back on, on pace. Mm. That conversation rarely happens. We're so good at talking about the deals and talking about what's coming up or the, the issue of the day or whatever's going on that we never track whether you have enough activity, whether you're closing at the right rate, whether you're going after the right clients. And that's what really progresses a, uh, an organization to make sure that they're getting things done. And, and you know what? It's not the sales leader's fault. Um, most sales leaders were good salespeople. And they got promoted 
And nobody ever had that conversation with them. So they don't know how to have that conversation, but it's a, it's a critical one that's missing. Yeah. Well, what I love about, as you walked through that, those questions to be asked is that it's not really about the sales manager holding the sales members accountable. It's about the sales team members holding themselves accountable for the plan they created for the activities they committed to and for what they need to do to get themselves back on track. Because you and I have both been in sales long enough to know that we don't want to be managed, right? What salesperson wants to be managed? Um, I love those kinds of questions and, um, and the sense of accountability that inspires in the individual, right? You know, and, and it's funny, I'm going to share a quick story. I had, a, we were working with one client and I was taking the role of the sales leader as an outsourced sales leader for them. And uh, they had five people on their team and one of them carried 60% of the revenue. He was their big dog. He was their rainmaker, right? And uh, I come in and I say, we're going to do these weekly one-on-ones and here's what we're going to do. And you, you can imagine him. He's got his arms full. He's sitting back. He's like, oh, great. Gary's here. Good job. And we went through the conversation that I just simulated with you. And we went through it about three times. And about a month in, he turns around and he goes, I finally figured this out. I'm like, please share with me. And he goes, I was so ticked off that you were holding me accountable and making me do all this, that whatever I told you I was going to do, I made sure I got it done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest. So I didn't have to worry about you anymore. But now I realize I'm getting all my really important things done. Keep doing that. So it was just a completely different conversation. And my role was just to make sure they had a focus and they were, you know, executing on their plan. Yeah, that's brilliant. So let's come back to what I'm feeling as an owner in my business, um, handing over the reins. This is, you know, I was in sales and then my career went into marketing and then I became an entrepreneur. So now I'm a, this jumbled up owner slash, you know, seller needing to scale a business. And even though I've got that background, it's, it's complicated, right? There's a lot that goes into all of this. And I think a lot of owners are at loss as to what role they play or should play in sales. You know, what is their responsibility when it comes to holding the sales leader accountable? How do they manage that sales leader? How do they know that they have the right person? Because they can't clone themselves, you know, feel pretty confident in yourself, but that's not scalable. So a lot of owners take on the role of sales leaders themselves, but aren't sure how to do that effectively. So what advice would you have for them? Or how can an operating system help answer some of those questions for an owner? Yeah, no, there's all kinds of stuff built into that question. Um, but but uh, it's interesting, that's a common dilemma. A lot of uh, CEOs or owners or, or founders um, take the role of the sales leader and they didn't come from sales. You know, they invented stuff or they bought the business or they came from ops or they came from finance. And sales has always been this kind of black box thing that they're not really sure how it works. So now you're in that position and I have to manage the sales leader. And I talked to a lot of them, I hear, well, they should know what to do. Yeah, but even like my last example, I just, you know, the story I just shared, somebody needs to keep them focused on the right things. They need to be, they need to have a plan for how they're going to hit their number. Owner or founder's job or CEO's job, your job, Jen, is to hold that person accountable to make sure they have a plan, to make sure that they're executing the plan, to make sure that the team is healthy. Your job isn't to do things and provide guidance. It's to make sure that they're executing on what they said they're going to execute on. And if you hold them accountable and they hold their salespeople accountable, now we're starting to get the the start of a system. And and then what you should really be paying attention to is the data. 
So per their plan, how many opportunities should they be scaring up? Are they on track? Are they getting more? Are they getting less? If they're not getting enough, what is their plan to adjust? Are they closing at the rate that they should be? Are they chasing the right size clients? You know, th these are the things you just need to be making sure are part of their plan and you're holding them accountable to the plan. Mm -hmm. And then we have to trust the, the system and the process, right? And, and stay in our lane to some degree as owners. <laughs> and that's the hard part. You and I discussed this on another one. It, it's really hard when you've been doing it for so long and then you go on a call with them. And you want to jump in so bad and you want to take it over and whatnot. That's the hardest part is once you get all this stuff out of your head and you get down, here's what an ideal client looks like. Here's the questions we ask, why we ask the questions, what commitments are we trying to get? What information are we trying to solicit from them? What opportunities or new ideas are we trying to insert into the organization? You have all that. If we can get it on paper and train them on how to do that, and then you sit back and you have to watch them and, and be quiet. And you, you sure you play your part and you insert things, but then you sit back and you go, they did that well, they did that well. Oh my gosh, they really did a good job there. Make sure we talk about that. They totally missed this. They didn't ask that right, but you're not taking over because nobody got better by watching you do it. You come out of that meeting afterwards and you go, okay, let's talk about how did that go? And they say all the things you go, oh, you're right. You did that really well. What happened when you asked that question? Oh, I know that was beautiful. You just learned this and that and the other thing. And you reinforce all the things they did well. And they go, what could you have done differently? And you got your list because you observed and you took notes and go, why didn't we ask that? Oh my God, I completely forgot. That was really stupid. Yeah. And because of that, what did we miss? Well, I don't know who the decision makers are, or what their timing is. Mm -hmm, you're right. So what do you need to do next about that? I need to go back. So when are you going to do that? How are you going to do it? And you get a plan. Mm -hmm. And they learn. And guess what? If you go on the next call, what are the first things they're going to learn or going to ask? Who's the decision makers? You know, everything that they miss because it's fresh mm -hmm. and they're learning. That, that's how you train them. But it's so hard when they're messing up not to jump in. Listener, I know you're enjoying this episode with our friend Jennifer, so I'll be brief. But I've got to fess up. We screwed up. Big time. Me and my business partner, Chris White, we've done all the wrong stuff when it comes to running a business. We've hired too quickly, fired too late, wasted resources, picked the wrong objective. The list is long. It goes on and on. I won't bore you. Here's the thing we've learned, though. I think it'll save you some of the mistakes that we've made. The only way to fight the chaos and complexity that is constantly coming at you is to get clarity and control over your business. Over 20 years, Chris and I have seen it all. The more businesses get stuck in the chaos and complexity, the harder it is to grow, stay healthy, and sustainable as a business. That's why he and I created System & Soul. It is the only business framework that helps you run better systems and do it with the soul of your business in mind. We want to help business leaders like you find breakthrough. If you're ready, learn more at systemandsoul.com. And hey, we're training new System & Soul coaches right now. If you're an experienced business leader and you believe you can help leadership teams overcome their mess, we would love to talk with you. We've got a few limited seats in our training cohort, so do not wait. Learn more at systemandsold.com forward slash coach. 
So I'm off script just a little bit here, but I would love for you to share with me how you define what a sales operating system is. Like what's included in that kind of a framework as you look at sales performance for an entrepreneurial business? Yeah, I'm going to break it into, into two big general pieces. We kind of call it the outside of the circle and the inside of the circle. And the outside of the circle is really the mechanics. So I need to have a strategy. And strategy is who am I chasing? Who's the ideal client? When you're in a new business, anybody's a good client, right? As you get bigger and you start scaling, we got to get in our lane. Who are, who's too big? Who's too small? Who do we stay away from? Which industries do we do best at? You know, ideal client. How do we differentiate? Um, I talk to all these companies and I ask them, what, you know, how do you differentiate you, you from your competition? Oh, we have awesome customer service. Well, who the heck doesn't say that? That's not a real great differentiator. Maybe it is, but if you just say that, the prospect doesn't know. So, you know, things like that are part of strategy, goals, initiatives. Do we have the right size team? People. Do we have good people systems? I mentioned that before. Do we know how to hire correctly? Do we know how to onboard them? Do we know how to retain um, uh, the, the A players we have? Do we have a repeatable sales process and a plan? Do we have the right measurements? Mm. So many companies only measure results. I want to talk about the things that we just got done talking about enough opportunities, what's our close rate, what's our deal size or account size, reward systems, everybody goes to comp right away. That's a piece of it. But performance management, like we were just talking about, is just as important to driving behavior. And lastly, is, is kind of your management system. How often do we get together as a team? How often do we get together one-on-one? -on -one? How do I provide coaching and feedback? How do, what's our communication system look like? Mm -hmm. um, that's the outside, that is the mechanics. That's part of the operating system. And all of that gets driven by the inside of the circle, which is the leadership. And you can have a great system. If you got a crappy leader on the middle, it doesn't go. Or you could have an awesome leader, but you don't have a system and that doesn't go. So we need somebody who knows how to drive that system, knows how to create a plan, implement process, get people to have buy-in, get them on board, coach them, develop them. And you need both of those. And, and together, the outside and the inside make up what we call a sales operating system. Awesome. Thank you for defining that. It's helpful to know that the operating system is taking into account. I mean, here we are on the System and Soul podcast. It's taking into account the systems and the soul in the sales organization. And so, and, and the people component is a perfect bridge for my next question, because I'm going to guess that because our listening audience are mostly entrepreneurial leaders and their advisors, a large percentage of our listeners are going to be helping inform or make sales hiring decisions in the next mm. several months. Um, either they're going to be hiring another rep, a manager, an executive head of sales. And obviously the talent economy is incredibly dynamic right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so what advice would you give to founders and leaders as they consider their sales recruiting, screening, hiring processes for their organization? Uh, I can think of two things. I'm going to take it. First, I'm going to start with um, learn how to sell your company. Uh, I don't mean like physically sell it to uh, sell the benefits of working at your company. Um, it, it's today's world. It is really an employee's world right now. They can go wherever they want. The, the demand for them is high. They know that. And if I go back 10, 20 years, maybe even less than that, the paradigm was kind of... Um, why should I hire you? What's so great about you? And I'm going to screen you really hard and put you through the ringer. And then maybe if you're good, you'll pop out the other side and I'll hire you. 
That doesn't work today. Um, there is, I still think that there's a high degree of, you gotta make sure you have the right fit for your company, but you have to learn to also sell your company. You have to talk about, is there a lot of opportunity here? If you come here, is there an opportunity for you to, to land accounts? There's more accounts to get, there's more accounts to grow, I can make money. Uh, it's a good culture, it's a good place to work. I can learn things here. I believe in the mission of what this company is doing. Um, the, you have to be able to talk to them and almost sell them like you're selling a product. So they want to work there. That, that's the one piece. The second piece is where I think most companies fall down mostly is they don't really define what the role is. When they hire a salesperson, they say, I want a person from my industry who's got a lot of experience. Maybe they've got a lot of good contacts. They've got a good track record. They're a relationship person, whatever that means. And, you know, they interviewed well. Well, if you don't have those things, you probably shouldn't be in sales. Um, what they fail to define is, am I really looking more for a hunter to go find new accounts? Or am I looking for a farmer who's going to grow existing accounts? Am I looking for somebody who knows how to do a complex sale where there might be four or five decision makers on the other end? Or am I selling to mom and pops? Those are different skill sets. Am I selling direct? where I have to know how to do it right with the decision makers or am I selling through a channel like a reseller or distributor where I have to teach them how to sell it and hold them accountable and make sure I'm top of mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could, I could go on and on and on, but there's a bunch of different types of sellers. And my yeah. corny analogy is what, if I have a heart problem, I don't just go to the doctor. I go to the heart doctor mm -hmm. and I don't want to end up with a podiatrist for my heart problem. Right. <laughs> well, people are, people are wanting a hunter and they really hire a, or they want to hire a hunter, but they get a farmer and then they're, they're disappointed because they're not chasing any new clients. So, you know, that, so define the role really well and then interview for those specific skills I was starting to mention. Yeah. And for early stage businesses who are maybe still sitting in the land of any revenue is good revenue, it can be really challenging to define what you need to hire for in sales, if you haven't figured out which path fuels healthy growth and what you're going to go chase and how you're going to get it, right? Absolutely. But you, you still have to define which are the skill sets you need more. So if you're early stage and we're, we're about to land grab and get as many accounts as we can, I really want to inter interview somebody about their prospecting skills and how do they get in the door and um, do they know how to sell to our level of customer, you know, selling to a mid-level manager way different than selling to a CEO of a company. Do they have those skills? You know, they're, they're, I could go on and on with all the different skills, but define the specific skill set and then even set up your interview process around those specific skills. Yeah, that's great insight. So our time is not long enough to cover everything we could potentially <laughs> cover on this topic, which is so rich, but I do want to point out that because we're on the system and soul podcast, we could talk at length about sales operating systems. And I appreciate that your system does incorporate the people component and the yes. culture component and all of that. Um, but I do want to give some time for the soul component of selling uh, because you and I both in our businesses, we seek to work in partnership with values led businesses. That's part of vetting out the fit, the right fit for our businesses. How have you observed those values making a meaningful difference in sales performance? Um, it, it's, it's part of the interview process, just like I talked about uh, interviewing for skills, you're interviewing for fit that way. And, and I gotta say, working with hundreds of companies, sometimes I see values, I'm gonna use a, a term, it's, it's a bumper sticker. 
you know, it's, we, we've defined it. It's an acronym. You know, I can think of a past company I was at the, the values were pride and it was like people and respect and innovation and whatever it was, but it was a bumper sticker. Nobody lived that way. Um, and it didn't mean anything. Uh, when I really think about, um, the companies who define their culture, well, it's behavioral based definition. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, you can't see it or, or audio only, but you know, over my shoulder here, we've got ours posted and it's, it's behavioral things. And it's things like, you never throw a client or a teammate under the bus. Um, that that's specific direction. Um, we've got one meet the client where they're at, which means they've done a lot of things right for a lot of years. Don't go in there and disrespect that. You got to meet them where they're at because they've done a lot of things right. So start, that's your starting point and then move forward. And we've defined all of these things really well. So people know it's more than a bumper sticker. It's behavioral based. And the second part is you build it right into your interview process. You know, if, if you have things like that, you give them scenarios to see how they would react and see if their culture matches. And I can't think of a week that goes by where we don't pull one of these values out and say, well, our values say this, so what should we do? A great example. One of ours is um, if you ever have a problem that involves a person, involve them in the discussion and the solution. So if, you know, if I, if me and my partner have a problem with you, Jen, and say, well, what do you think we should do with Jen? Well, our values say we involve Jen. So we bring you into the conversation and say, here's what's going on. And we involve you. That's so and wise. So uncommonly wise. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, people check the box because we got our bumper sticker. We defined our values. You know, we put it on our sheet, on the paper. So we're good. That, that, that doesn't do it. You got to, you got to live it and, and make it make it believable and livable and the better defined you can through, I, I'm again, I'm big on the behavioral statements versus just a word. Uh, the, the more, the more real it will be. That's right. And there's probably, I mean, every employee that you hire hopefully has that alignment to your values, but your sales team, that is your, your face to the world. So critical that they carry those values with them. So Gary, we're at the end of our time and I want to thank you so much for all the wisdom you've shared in our short time together. I know there are a lot of listeners who have big sales ideas, issues, opportunities to tackle in the coming year. Um, if they're looking to connect and learn more about your team, your business and your sales operating system, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, our website would be best, pivotaladvisors.com. Um, and there's lots of blogs, articles, research videos out there. Um, you can look for Pivotal Advisors on YouTube or Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or any of those places as well. Uh, we put out a lot of information, um, do, like I said, a lot of practical sales leadership types of uh, advice all the time. So uh, sign up, uh, subscribe, and uh, hopefully we get to talk to you soon someday. Awesome. Well, I can vouch for Pivotal being a wealth of sales knowledge, wisdom, and resource. And thank you for sharing it liberally with the world. And thanks for being my guest today on the System and Soul podcast. Hope that I'll see you in person soon. Yes. Pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jessica.